This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Damon Cotton, your boy, Q. And, of course, got some fantastic guests lined up for you. Got some good show topics and questions that we're going to throw out there for the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Nash text line as well, 69187. But we're going to go ahead and get this thing started right off the bat. And uh, Raiders place kicker Daniel Carlson joins the show. And, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Great way to get the show started. Appreciate you. Congratulations on the big kick that you made on Monday to, to help the Raiders win that uh, that game against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, how does it feel to have multiple game-winning kicks like you do so far this season? Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. Obviously, that was a huge win for us on the road. Uh, kind of gritty win to finish it off uh, with the last minute, last second kick. Um, so I mean, it, it's huge when I get to, you know, line up like that, give us a chance to win in the last few seconds. I think we've had three this year, a mm-hmm. um, couple, you know, times we send it to overtime and stuff like that. So I mean, that's that's what my job is. Whether it's for the first quarter or a game-winning kick, you know, they're all the same for me, but. My job's to try and knock them through. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you next. When you line up in the first quarter and then you line up at the end of the game and you know this is a game winner, uh, is the mindset the same? Is there any different thoughts that go through your head or is it just got to stay to your routine? No, it's it's, it's basically mindset's the same. Um, you know, especially in the NFL, you know, games are so competitive. They usually come down to the wire somewhat. They're usually, you know, one score, one possession type game. And so, you know, the, whether it's the kick in the first half uh, or the kick in the end of the game, you know, or the one we had, the 40-yarder we had uh, in the, kind of in the middle of the second half, you know, each one of those added up to, you know, being the difference in the game. So, you know, every everyone's just as important. Um, but obviously those last ones are um, always the big ones. But, you know, finalize the, finalize the game and get the win and get back on the – home. Talking right now with Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And Daniel, when when we have a really good show or we do a really good interview, uh, I get fired up. It's like a certain kind of a rush. What kind of feeling is it for you as a place kicker? That ball, you see it split the uprights like you saw it do on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think before the kick, you know, I, I stay pretty calm, pretty steady. I, you know, I don't, I don't get too high, get too low, but man, after I feel it off my <laughs> foot and kind of, you know, the second time I knew there wasn't any more timeouts they could call, so I knew that one was for sure going to count. Um, so, you know, after that, just knowing, hey, we just won the football game. You know, we, we roughed one out. It was gritty. It was tough. You know, it came down to the wire. We were able to find a way to win. Um, and, you know, to, to have that happen in a split second, and no, you know, I, I was a big part of that at the end there. Uh, it, it's awesome and just fun, fun to huddle up and celebrate with teammates and hug it up with those guys and uh, get back on the road and get ready for the next one. When when uh, uh, an opposing coach like uh, the Browns coach does calls timeout and you kick that first one, it goes through and they they're trying to ice you. And I say that in air quotes. What does that do? Does that really affect <laughs> you at all? Is that is that something or is that just hey we have another timeout? Let's just go ahead and use it. Yeah, I mean I I think sometimes it's almost for the better. Uh, you know, obviously I made the first one, so mm-hmm. if, if we had ended there, that would have been fine. But, 
Um, you know, I think I got to figure out the wind a little more. You know, it, it was a windy, cold night over there in Cleveland. So, um, you know, the second one I hit better just because I kind of knew exactly what the ball would do in the air. So um, was able to play the wind a little better even. Um, but, you know, for me, we, we worked through those situations in practice. Our coaches put us in those situations where, you know, when we get to a game situation like that, we've done it hundreds of times. So it's not, it's not a surprise. We're not shocked by it. We've been there. We know kind of how to treat it, you know, what we're going to do during that timeout. And then, you know, then we step up to plate for the next rep. You know, you've done it multiple times this season, like you mentioned, three times so far. But a couple of them have been inside Allegiant Stadium there at, uh, you know, at uh, AT&T Stadium mm-hmm. in Dallas. But then this one was outside. Like you said, the wind, it's cold. What is the difference? How much does that affect you when it's inside as opposed to being outside in the cold? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely does. Like I, like I said, I got to figure out the win kind of with that first one where they called a timeout. You know, even though I made it, you know, I, I still got to kind of watch the ball, see how much it moved with the win and kind of, you know, think about, hey, how is it going to approach the next one? Where are I going to aim? You know, I aimed a little left, on, not not just straight down the field goal post because I, I knew it would uh, move right a good bit on the first one and then the second one. I knew, hey, I can adjust it a little more. It blew a little more than I thought. And so, um, you know, the second one, I was kind of able to put it right down the middle. But, yeah, when you're indoors, you don't have to worry about that too much. You just hit them right down the middle just about every time. So um, it's just one uh, more element. Um, and, you know, it being cold, the ball doesn't travel as far sometimes. So stuff like that. Um, there's, there's those little things that, you know, over time, you know, this is my fourth year now. I've, I've gotten to learn kind of, playing at a lot of different stadiums. Different stadiums have kind of different winds, and the stadiums make the wind swirl, stuff like that. So something you learn kind of with experience and over the years. And, you know, you, there's no excuses you can make. you got to figure it out in pregame and halftime, and, you know, and you got to execute during the game. Talking right now with Daniel Carlson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You've been having an outstanding season. A.J. Cole's had an outstanding season. Trent Sieg has been a, a key cog in it as well. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you guys, that special teams unit right there, to have a really good relationship so you guys all could be successful? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely huge. I mean, we're working day in and day out with each other. Um, you know, a lot of times on the side, kind of just perfecting our craft. It's a very different skill than, you know, maybe an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, something like that. You know, it's a, almost like a different sport out there for us. But, uh, you know, we, we've gotten to work together now for three years when A.J. came in as a rookie. And, um, you know, we worked together in the off season. We worked together kind of year-round just trying to perfect our individual craft but also do it as a unit so that we can perform at the highest level for the Raiders on game day. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yesterday you guys were for Trent, like his gender reveal shooting, and I thought that was pretty cool. You have a boy, <laughs> adding a member to yeah. the Raider Nation. So when you guys are hanging out, what do you guys like to do for fun? Because you guys are clearly a tight-knit bunch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we do all sorts of things. Um, yeah, we were at a gun range shooting Tannerite, blowing it up, blue powder for uh, his gender reveal. So we're excited <laughs> for him and his wife. They're having a baby boy. Um, and then, you know, besides that, we, we play some golf. Uh, me and Trent and AJ, we play a bunch of chess together, actually, in the uh, team facility a good bit. Um, you know, get our mind right before practice and stuff <laughs> like that. Keep our keep our head sharp. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, besides that, we all got families. We all hang out with each other and, you know, other guys on the team as well. Um, you know, I think that 
kind of team camaraderie that that pays dividends during the season, especially with how how long an NFL season is. It's it's great to you know have friends that you get along with um, while you work for, towards a common goal as well. Are you the best golfer out of the three of you? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, and it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was JV in high school, you know, so I'm oh, not going to. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, oh, there we go. No, I'm, I'm, ter- I'm a terrible golfer. I couldn't even make varsity. <laughs> <laughs> Talking right now with Daniel Carlson here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And, and Daniel, would, have you had a chance yet to kind of look back at, at, at so far at your career and just know where it started in Minnesota, getting waived, getting picked up by the Raiders, where you are to the point where you get a contract extension? You and AJ get contract extensions this year and knowing that, hey, this is the right fit for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think especially kind of as we are signing that contract for both me and AJ, we're, you know, very excited to be able to lock in that together, you know, knowing that our specialist unit would kind of be the same going forward and, you know, the next four years and stuff. So that that was really exciting for us. Um, Trent's already on a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- that was exciting that we know, you know, we'll, we're friends, we get along with each other, but we also respect each other's work a lot. You know, we, we all work well together. Um, we're all hard workers, and, you know, just to know that we're going to be able to continue to work hard going forward in the future and, um, you know, hopefully give that back to the Raiders in ways where, you know, we're winning games by field position or points. Um, and so that that's really exciting, and, you know, I, I think there's times to look at it right now. Um, you know, we looked at it briefly and, you know, kind of, looked back on kind of the journey and we're thankful for that but at the same time we're in the middle of the season right now and that's where our where our focus is um and you know off season you have a little more time to reflect so we'll get there eventually but right now we're we're kind of microscoped in on what's ahead of us and you know right now it's the Denver Broncos yeah no doubt you got at least three games left uh, to finish out the season I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you has anyone in the in the locker room or or the coaching staff have, have they came up to you and said hey you know you guys are the new Seabass and uh, Shane Leckler you know the next great <laughs> kicker and punter in Raider history because the Raiders as an organization has had really good kickers and punters throughout their history a hundred percent. I mean, even starting back with Ray Guy, who's, you know, a legend and Hall of Fame punter, you know, to Seabass, who, you know, is a legend, first-round kicker, you know, Leckler, all those guys, uh, Kondo, legendary snapper, who was here for a long time. So, you know, we've had that comparison. It's kind of a trio of guys that, you know, hopefully continue to play together for a long time with a lot of success in the Raiders organization. And, yeah, we, we definitely hope to – carry on that legacy and that torch that this uh, great organization has. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we're, like, like we said, we're, we're focused on this week and this game coming up against Denver. And, um, you know, that that's our mindset. But, yeah, we hope over the course of our career people, you know, will compare us to those greats. And, you know, who knows? So hopefully we can even surpass those guys maybe. There you go. Hey, those are good goals right there. I like that. We're talking with uh, Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. Yeah, Daniel, let's take it back to Thanksgiving for me real quick because <laughs> I just got to ask, how was the turkey leg? Like the flavor on it, was it a good turkey leg? Did you even finish it? Yeah, it just so they, they asked me about it right after, and of course I was like, oh, it was great, it was delicious. But it was, it was actually pretty terrible because it was cold and it was uh, – the, the turkey meat itself was so rubbery that I couldn't get my teeth in. So all I had was a cold piece of skin. Oh. And so uh, it, it wasn't great. It looked, it looked amazing. It was great for the TVs. 
But uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't going back for seconds for that one. <laughs> you got the real meal when you got home. That's what that was about. Yeah, that, exactly. That exactly. was that's hilarious. We got a text message, and and this is going to sound like a weird question, but we got a text text message asking ask Danny Cash if he could translate "just win, baby" in Swedish. Uh, bara vina, bara vina, babies. There it is. That's like uh, yeah, ba- <laughs> just win is bara vina, just win. And then uh, Babies is baby, I, like a little infant baby. I don't know if that's the perfect translation, but uh, Bada Vina Babies. Hey, that works for me. I, you could have told me anything, and I'd have felt for it. Yeah, exactly. I- <laughs> Y'all would have believed whatever I said. So I, I got my uh, Swedish family. They just flew over from Sweden uh, to visit for Christmas and stuff. So I'm getting a little practice right now. So that, that helped me prepare for that. There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, final question for you. We mentioned multiple times that this game coming up on uh, Sunday is against the Denver Broncos, AFC West, uh, Division Foe, 7-7. Seven and seven. Both teams with 7-7. Seven and seven. You guys are still in the thick of things. What is the mindset and what is the message this week in the locker room to the fellas? As you know that you're still in the mix. Anything's possible. You just yeah. got to go win games. Yeah, it's just, you know, the mindset's just got to man up and uh, take care of business this week. I mean, we're, we're still in it. Um, we kind of control a lot of our own destiny. You know, we're playing three AFC teams and, you know, two teams in our division going forward. So, you know, it, it's do or die time, and we, we got to just man up, do our job, uh, take care of the process, and then uh, execute on Sundays. There you go. Great stuff. Well, uh, Daniel, we'll definitely be uh, cheering you on. We'll be paying attention. We'll be at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday with you. So keep up the great work, and we appreciate your time this afternoon. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Go Raiders. There he goes. Daniel Carlson, Raiders place kicker right there. Fun conversation. That was a fun conversation right there. And uh, thank you on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, for that little Swedish nugget, because that wouldn't have been a question I asked. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a question. And so that's what I love the text line for. We could be interviewing anyone. And you can say, hey, I got this question, and I try to pay attention to it. I try to make sure I, I pay attention to it, especially during interviews for simple questions just like that. So thank you so much on that text line. Thanks to the uh, Raiders for making that possible. And thank you very much to Daniel Carlson for joining us uh, to start off the show. It don't get no better than that. We just kicked a game-winning field goal. Maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't kick a game-winning field goal. Maybe we just kicked it to overtime. Got the lead at least. Okay, we took the lead. <laughs> We came out the shoots and we got the lead. You know what I mean? We, we want to get seven, but we put them through the uprights. That's all that really matters. All right, guys, when we come back from break, I, I am already picturing the boom that you're going to do <laughs> when we go to break. Oh, I'm going to light it up. I'm going to light it up. You want me to light it up before we go to break? I'll tell you right now, 214 is the time. This is unnecessary. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. I'm so pumped up. You can hear the buildup coming. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio. Boom! Dogs out there that's ready to hunt. Uh, they're ready for this game. They're excited for it. And I'm excited to see them hunt. I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Well, I'll tell you right now, we started off the show on fire. Many thanks to Daniel Carlson, Raiders kicker, for joining us to start the show. I mean, immediately, he was on the phone lines before the before the show intro started. That was awesome. And a lot of times we get nervous when people are calling in because we just don't know. And, of course, we're on their time. But, man... Daniel Carlson was right on point. So uh, many thanks to him. Again, many thanks to the Raiders uh, for making that happen. Coming up at 2.30, 
Zach Stevens, Broncos beat reporter. He's joined us before when the Raiders played the Broncos earlier in the season. He's going to join us to give us an update on what's going on with Denver as they're headed to Allegiant Stadium. And they'll be starting Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater is officially out this week. I don't think there's any surprise by that based off the fact that he had a concussion on Sunday and it looked pretty bad, was taken to the hospital. He is officially out this week. So Drew Locke is going to be the guy moving forward. So we'll talk to Zach Stevens coming up at 2.30, getting a preview. We've already turned the page now. That last conversation we had with Daniel Carlson is the last thing we're going to talk about when it comes to the Cleveland game. It's just over. There's a lot of arguing and whatever, discussing about the whole way that they won. None of that matters. It's on to week 16, and that's what we're going to do here. So we'll start that up at, at 2.30 with Zach Stevens. Broncos beat reporter does a fantastic job covering the Broncos, so we'll get the lowdown there. Then at 3.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, host of the Reb Zone. She'll join us to talk all things UNLV. They got their final non-conference game, the Hoop Squad does. They have their final uh, game tonight before they kick into conference play, which will start on January 1st against San Diego State, which is a hell of an opponent right there. Uh, hopefully they can pack out the Thomas and Mac and get some some fan support in there because, man, it's it's tough sledding these days. Matter of fact, tonight's game, $5 tickets. $5 tickets for tonight's game just to try to get some traction. And we've talked about, you know, seeding and we've talked about, uh, you know, fan support and going to different games. And, I mean, this is one of those cities. we said it many times. This city is one of those where – if uh, you're not winning consistently, you're not putting a great product out there, fans aren't just going to go and support. And unfortunately for UNLV, they've fallen on those tough times where they're not getting the fan support at the, at the arenas, uh, in, 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 the, in the stadium, Allegiant Stadium. If you're talking about the football team, you're just not getting it. So uh, they're trying to do everything they can to get some fan support. And uh, hopefully they start winning because winning will cure everything. You start winning a lot of games and people will show up because they want to see it. But uh, they're in action tonight, $5 tickets, and then uh, on the first of the year, they'll get started with conference So we'll talk to Paloma coming up at 3.30. She does a great job covering the UNLV running Rebels uh, for Fox 5 Sports and also a host of the Reb Zone. So very pumped up, very excited about, you know, the way we started the show. I do have a show topic that I want to throw out there. We did, and uh, I guess I'm kind of scattershooting right here. Jonathan Abram, we found out he's out for the season. Uh, that's very unfortunate. He's uh, having shoulder surgery. He wanted to play through this, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Uh, he's not going to play through it. He's going to have shoulder surgery, and he's done for the season. Big, big loss, in my opinion. He had his best game uh, of his career, really, if you really want to boil it down and, and, and be real about it. Probably had his best, best game of his career against Cleveland on Monday, and unfortunately left the game pretty late, and you knew that it was a bad injury just by the way he was holding his, his arm and everything, and so he's done for the season. We also found out that cornerback Brandon Faison is on the COVID-19 list, so I've talked about it yesterday that it was good to see uh, not any more, any more Raiders end up on the COVID-19 list. Well, now there's another Raider on the COVID-19 list. Uh, I'm thinking that Nate Hobbs will probably come off the COVID-19 list because he missed last week's game on that list. And if so, then maybe he's a guy that they decide to kick outside because if you don't kick him outside, then you have either Amik Robertson or Keyshawn Nixon or Desmond Trufant. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and, and not to diminish what they do, I think that Nate Hobbs has a little something, something. Like, what do we say, a little something in his neck? I think he's got a little something in his neck where he can go out there and kick outside and play that play that role and hold it down and maybe keep a guy like Keyshawn Nixon on the inside, you know, playing the slot like he did last week against Cleveland. But that's for the coaching staff to figure out. But those are two notes that you definitely want to pay attention to. And he did play outside in college, so yep. it's not like it would be new new to him or he he would be so out of place. 
this like because I think this this season is actually his first season playing inside. Right. Because right. He, all he mm-hmm. didn't in college was play outside. And you saw him briefly in the preseason play some outside as well. You and know, then a little bit in that Charger game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. And again, for my money, if it's my option, which is not, but if it was my <laughs> option, I'd kick him outside as long as he's good to go. That's that's what I would say. That's just a suggestion from me. That doesn't mean anything. The team is obviously going to put their players in the best position that they feel is fit. Gus Bradley, uh, he's going to put himself, he's going to put the players in position. Ron Miles will put, especially the secondary in position. But uh, just know that the secondary is pretty banged up. No Jonathan Abram. You have to expect that, uh, what, Roderick Teamer is going to probably play a, a major role. Maybe you'll start to see Tyree Gillespie. Haven't seen him. I mean, there's some different options there, but I think Jonathan Abram being out, especially going up against a team that's going to try to run the rock a lot this week against Denver. That's big. And then, and I hate to look forward, but someone pointed this out to me on Twitter. How about the Colts? They have a guy named Jonathan Taylor. You may have heard of him. He leads the league in rushing. You know what I mean? He leads the league in scrimmage yards, over 1,800 yards. He's pretty good. He could be in conversation for the MVP. That would have been a game where Jonathan Abram would really probably be effective as well. You saw what he was able to do against Cleveland. So big loss right there. And for him, the Raiders now go into the offseason, and he's officially done. So he, so you could start to talk about the offseason when it comes to Jonathan Abram. They got a decision to make. Do they pick up $7.9 million on, the, on his fifth-year option? Do they think he's played well enough? Do they think he's available enough? That's the other thing. Availability. People hate to say it. I know, Q. Best ability is availability. But it is. <laughs> it is. And they're gonna, that's going to be a factor. Remember, he missed his rookie year. He's missed some other time. Are they going to think that that uh, $7.9 million is worth what he brings to the table? That's a, a question. Now, even if they don't pick it up, it's not like they're, okay, he's, he's not on the team anymore because they didn't pick up his option. It just means that he'll be a free agent after the year. So that's just something to pay attention to. So there's a couple little notes right there. Uh, I want to get to this show topic. I know we have my man Zach Stevens coming up, so I'm going to throw out the topic. You can start to think about it. And you can hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We'll get to your phone calls after we talk to Zach. But in the holiday spirit, oh, by the way, it's uh, my wife's birthday today. So shout out to my wife. Happy birthday. Man, all these birthdays back to I back know, to back. man. I, that's what I said. I was at the house last night. I was like, man, Mama Q's birthday, wife's birthday, Jesus's birthday. It all, <laughs> <laughs> they all line up, man. They all come. There's like boom, boom, boom. Q, you lose. But yeah, so the wife's birthday is today. She actually took a half day, so she might be riding around right now uh, doing whatever she do, having a good day, enjoying herself. So I wanted to shout her out. But in the spirit of the holidays, if you are doing some last-minute shopping right now and today was your day as you're going through your checklist, you're getting, oh, I got Demond a gift. Oh, I got Mama Q a gift. I got Q's wife a gift. Ah, Q gets cold this year, but it's okay. And then you get to the next one on the list, the Raiders. If you were to get a gift for the Raiders, any gift that you can give them, what would it be? I do believe there's going to be some really creative answers here. I do believe there's going to be some really good answers here. But in all seriousness, if you can gift the Raiders anything right now with three games left to go in this regular season and whatever they earn after that, what would it be? 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. Of course, we'll hit that phone line after we talk to Zach Stevens, who's going to join us next to talk all things Broncos. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.31 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920 had a real good conversation. Start the show off with Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson. Now, excited about this next conversation as we turn the page from the Cleveland Browns to the Denver Broncos. And joining us now on the phone lines is Zach Stevens, Broncos beat reporter. You can find him on Twitter at Zach, and that's Z-A-C. Stevens, D-N-V-R. And Zach, thank you so much for your time, uh, as always. And I'll tell you, Zach, when the Raiders, the Raiders, when the Broncos traded Von Miller uh, before the trade deadline, I thought that they were waving the white flag. I thought they were saying, hey, there's a wrap on this season. Uh, we're going to go ahead and send our, our best guy to the Rams, give him a chance to go ahead and win a, win a title if, if possible. But instead, they've gone on to win games, including the very next game. They beat the brakes off the Cowboys. So uh, what has what – has, gotten into the Broncos, I guess is the best way to say it. What has provided the juice to keep them in the mix? Just like the Raiders are still in the mix, so are the Broncos right now. Yeah, I mean, Q, first, thanks for having me on. And uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, everyone in Denver thought when the Broncos traded Von Miller that this season was over. George Payton, the general manager, came out the next day and said, we're still focused on this year. And everyone in Denver rolled their eyes and said, you just traded Von Miller for future draft picks. You've got to be crazy. But what's happened is kind of crazy. It was honestly an addition by subtraction by getting rid of Von Miller for whatever reason, and I think it was coincidental. I don't think it was actually because of Von, but this defense started playing elite, and that's how this Broncos team is designed. They're designed to be an elite defense with a capable enough offense, and for the first time in many years, we saw that start to come to fruition with Vic Fangio as the head coach. Look, the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders game, the last time the Broncos played them in week six, that was kind of the breaking point mm. for this defense. That was the worst this defense was. And obviously, you guys know, I mean, the, the Raiders absolutely lit the Broncos defense up since the Broncos defense has allowed 30 points just once. And they've been one of the best defenses in pretty much every category, uh, specifically against the pass and specifically in scoring defense since then. You know, I saw a tweet that you put out earlier. Vic Fangio had talked about Patrick Sertain and saying he's not your average rookie and that he should be rookie defensive player of the year. And just what have you seen from Sertain? How have you seen him grow so far his rookie year? Yeah, he's, he's been incredible. From the moment he got here, he's been a, a true pro. We know that he, 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 he comes from a family. His dad played with the Kansas City Chiefs, so he knew what it, was, what it would take to be a pro. And Pat Sertain, he has the size. He's the biggest physical defensive back the Broncos have. He's got the, the brain for it, and he's a guy where uh, Justin Simmons said earlier today, he doesn't even have to worry about Pat Sertan's side of the field mm. because of how good he is, and he's already a true number one lockdown corner for the Broncos, and that is absolutely huge. Now, Micah Parsons is probably going to win defensive rookie of right. the year, especially <laughs> just, I mean, he, he, he's got the stats, but Pat Sertan should be right there at number two in that conversation. You know, and the secondary has improved a lot from the last time that the, the Raiders played them. And, and it's, it's I mean, Sertan has been doing his thing. But on the other side, I know there's been some guys that are in and out of the lineup, but it seems like the secondary has really tightened up a lot. Oh, it really has. And it's been going up against very good quarterbacks. They gave Patrick Mahomes a run for his money. In fact, outside of this Super Bowl this past year, when the Broncos played the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, had the worst game of his career. It was the worst regular season game he's ever had. And since Derek Carr torched the Broncos secondary for over 340 passing yards, the Broncos have only given up more than 200 passing yards in three 
of their seven or eight games since then. And they've only given up uh, 230 yards in that time, 285 and 212. Every other game they've held opposing quarterbacks to under 200 passing yards. The secondary has really come together, and it shouldn't be a surprise. They're the highest-paid secondary <laughs> in the NFL. They have uh, an all-pro safety and Justin Simmons. Now they've got Pat Sertan, but it took them about – six or seven weeks to finally get on the same page. And now that they are, they're rolling. Talking all things Broncos right now with Zach Stevens here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So if you're looking at the, the Broncos defense, where would you say the weak link is? What would you say is the one area that could be exposed if the Raiders, they lock in on it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. And it's the other side that we haven't talked about. It's, uh, it's running the ball. The Broncos defense has been exposed, uh, especially the past couple of weeks in three of their past five games. The Broncos have given up over 100 yards on the ground. Five weeks ago against the Eagles, they gave up over 200 yards on the ground. The Broncos' run defense has struggled at times. Specifically, they're on their eighth inside linebacker. Mm. It's hard to believe. And I would say that for being on their eighth, kind of their fourth string inside linebacker, they've done pretty good as a group. But once you get down that far in the depth chart, it hurts. Their defensive line has been shaky, although it's starting to play better as the weeks go by. But uh, I know Josh Jacobs isn't having the best year, but this is a game where they're going to want to rely on him and just keep pounding the rock because this secondary, and I know Raiders fans are probably saying, oh, Derek Carr torched the secondary. They're a lot better now than when they were when they played. Uh, but if, if they can run the ball, it's going to be hard for the Broncos to stop. And, you know, that's what you got to do. In the NFL in December, you've got to be able to run the ball, right? I mean, you know, that's how you win games, and that's how you make it to the playoffs. And every team right now in the AFC West still has an opportunity to play in the playoffs. They just got to go out there and win their games. Again, we're talking with Zach Stevens, Broncos beat reporter here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I wanted to flip over to the offensive side of things. Teddy B, we know he's out. He had that concussion. Looks like he's going to be okay, which is good news for him. But the game changes a little bit. Drew Locke now in at quarterback how does things change how does the offensive approach change with lock under center it really shouldn't change because the best thing for the broncos is to run the ball run the ball run the ball whether that was with teddy bridgewater and especially now with drew lock look drew lock can flash potential but raiders fans more than anyone else know that he can turn the ball over i mean the first thing i thought of when i found out drew lock was getting the start uh, this coming week in Las Vegas was I thought of that game last year <laughs> when Drew Locke played in Vegas. And four interceptions later, it was one of the worst games that I've ever witnessed. And that is the downside of Drew Locke. And unfortunately, we see that too often. Drew Locke led the Broncos back uh, in his relief appearance against the Bengals this past Sunday, but then had a crucial fumble in the red zone. And that is just too often the story with Drew of turning the ball over. So the Broncos more than ever now have to rely on this running game and not ask Drew to really do too much at all. Now, what, how you will see the offense change is Teddy, specifically in the second half of the season, did not push the ball downfield at all. I mean, Cortland Sutton should be a huge weapon for opposing teams to have to cover. He has been completely neutralized. I believe in his past six games he has like 115 total receiving yards because Teddy just wouldn't look downfield. Cortland wasn't getting open. They just weren't even calling plays for Cortland. Now with Drew, you're going to see them push the ball down the field. And if it's successful, that's really going to open up the Broncos' offense because then uh, opposing defenses and the Raiders are going to have to play back a little bit instead of putting eight guys in the box. But if Drew cannot hit on those play-action uh, deep balls, 
uh, the Raiders should put nine guys in the box because Drew is not, at least right now, he's not a big threat to, to NFL teams. Talking to Broncos B reporter Zach Stevens here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, demond has got a question for you. Yeah, Zach. Um, apparently, Drew said today, you know, he's learned a lot since throwing those four interceptions against the Raider <laughs> last year. And he adds, he's a different quarterback since that game. Do you see anything that's different about him? Yeah, you know, so far in training camp and in the preseason, Drew was making a much better decisions. But then he's coming in three relief appearances so far. He he, this will be his first start this year. And in the three relief appearances, he's turned the ball over over every single time. Uh, he has two interceptions and a fumble in those three relief appearances, and they haven't even been full games. So I wish I could say yes. But it seems like every game there's one decision where everyone's just scratching their heads. I mean, he threw an interception earlier this year where it, it, no one could believe that he threw the ball there. And it just seems like those happen too often. And th- this isn't the NBA where you can shoot a three and if you miss, it's okay because you're only supposed to hit 40%. If you throw an interception, uh, it, that that's not okay in a game. And I believe he has uh, only turned the ball or not turned the ball over in two of his NFL games, and that's just certainly not acceptable. So, that, I mean, that, that's where it starts and ends with Drew. If he's going to be safe with the ball, then I can say, okay, Drew is taking a step. He is getting better. But if he, if he goes out there, I don't care if he's throwing uh, 80-yard touchdowns. If he's still turning the ball over, then he's still the same quarterback. And, Zach, you mentioned Cortland Sutton and him being neutralized the last handful of games. And uh, I saw on Twitter, and I know just because you see it on Twitter doesn't mean it's real. Believe me, if anyone knows it, it's me. But uh, Jerry Judy, <laughs> uh, I've seen where uh, Bronco fans, matter of fact, on Sunday were saying that Jerry Judy is being wasted right now with the Denver Broncos. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is it just a, a matter of not getting in the ball even though he could be running free? Yeah, I mean, Jerry Judy really, really is a guy that is is being wasted right now. 377 receiving yards for him on this season. He's a guy that should easily be a 1,000-yard receiver. He's a guy, when you watch the tape, he is open all the time. And the confusing thing about this is he and Teddy Bridgewater had a fantastic connection in chemistry in training camp. He was throwing to him all the time. And so far, it, that just has not been there this past week was the worst for Judy, and he showed his frustration on Twitter. He got in it with Eli Apple after the game on Twitter because he was targeted four times, had zero catches. That is something that should never happen again in Jerry Judy's career. Over the past couple of games before that, though, he was among the Broncos' leading receivers, but to show you how inept the passing game has been, he was only getting 47 receiving yards, 77 receiving yards, and again, he was kind of their main receiver there, and he's doing even much better than Cortland Sutton in the past six weeks. That just shows you how bad Cortland Sutton's numbers have been. Yeah, Zach, this begs me to ask the question, why does Vic Vangio not like offense? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Vic could win games 6-3, to three, that would put the biggest smile on his face ever. He's a guy that's been in the NFL for four decades, and he's all about defense. And so a lot of the m- more blame than anyone in Denver is going on Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, because when Vic was brought here to, uh, three years ago, he was brought here to keep the defense elite. And so what that told everyone was he's the, the head coach, but he's pretty much a glorified defensive coordinator. And so when he brought Pat Shermer in two years ago, it was pretty much, Pat, you're the head coach of the offense. I'm the head coach of the defense. You take care of the offense. And the defense, like I said, guys, has been balling the second half of the season. And the offense has just been so bad. I mean, there's no creativity. 
There's no points scored. They held the Kansas City Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball to essentially 13 points. Special teams gave up three points, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater threw a pick six. If you hold Patrick Mahomes to 13 points, mm-hmm. you should win 100 times out of 100. And the Broncos only put up nine points. I mean, that, that has just been the story of this team. When they lose, it is it, outside of that Raiders game, really, especially the second half of the season. It's just because the offense isn't able to do a thing. And, Zach, before we get this wrapped up, and I know that, uh, you know, there's still a handful of games left for uh, the Raiders and for the Broncos, so they got to finish this season out. But what do you think the offseason plans are for the quarterback position there in Denver? Well, first and foremost, probably just like the Raiders, they're going to Broncos are going to go all in on the Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson sweepstake, and then if they don't capitalize on that, which right now I don't think they're going to be able to pull one of those big deals off. If not, then it's into the draft class because the tier two of free agency in the trade market is not very good, not very enticing, and so I think the Broncos end up going with a first round quarterback, probably keeping Teddy Bridgewater as that bridge quarterback for a year and hoping they hit on one of those young guys. Final question for you, Zach. The last time that the Raiders played the Broncos, obviously we know it's different circumstances, but Max Crosby had a hell of a game and three sacks, and he hasn't had a sack since then. He's had a ton of pressures. Don't get me wrong. He made the Pro Bowl, but he hasn't had any actual sacks. He hasn't got home. Uh, What is the offensive line looking like? Is this a potential game where Max Crosby or Unique Ngakwe, or maybe both, could potentially look out? Yeah, I mean, after that last game where uh, where Crosby had three sacks and five pressures, I can't say that the Broncos are ready to slow him down. But the offensive line is playing their best ball of the season. They finally got their five guys figured out. Uh, and Bobby Massey, the Broncos' right tackle, has been their best offensive lineman. So if Max Crosby's lined up on that side, then that's going to give the Broncos the best chance to contain him. But Drew Locke is a guy that likes to hold on to the ball for a long time, and that could really hurt the Broncos. And heck, wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about a strip sack that's the difference in this game. That would be a, that would be a hell of a, a performance. That would be a hell of a way to, to wrap up a game if it could potentially go down like that. Zach, you making the trip to, to Vegas or are you staying back in Denver? You know, not this time, guys, but definitely next year. I'd love to be there for the game. All right. Well, next time or next year when you, you come out here, we'll, we'll, we'll have to get together. But we do appreciate you each and every time that you give us some of your time. Uh, you got anything coming out that uh, Raider fans should be on the lookout for, maybe to get a little bit more in-depth on, on what the Broncos are bringing to the table? You know, absolutely. Covering all this Drew Locke. What to expect from Drew Locke coming up this week. Uh, and just the Broncos fans really hope that it's not the Drew Lock that Raiders fans are used to. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, Zach, hey, fantastic stuff as <laughs> always, my man. I do appreciate you so much. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll be talking soon. Right on. Thanks for having me on, Q. No doubt about it. There he goes, Zach Stevens, fantastic Broncos beat reporter at Zach Stevens DNVR, and that's Zach Z A C. Stevens DNVR. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, if you need to get any more idea of what the Denver Broncos could potentially look like coming to Allegiant Stadium, it doesn't get much more in-depth than what Zach just provided. So uh, good stuff by him. I definitely appreciate his time. Uh, Raider Nation, I'm shouting out to you. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash text line. And of course, the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Last-minute gift shopping. Today's the day you're going to get the Raiders a gift. What are you going to put under that silver and black tree? Holler at your boy. Let me know about it. 246 at the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you're listening to Raider Nation 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Zach Stevens. Gave us a great little rundown of what to expect on Sunday from the Denver Broncos. Definitely appreciate that interview. And you know, one of the things he said is the Raiders need to put nine in the box. Make Drew Locke beat him with his arm. You know who would have been good in the box? Jonathan Abram. Would have been really big. Got a question I threw out there. If you were doing some last-minute shopping, you wanted to gift the Raiders with something, what would it be? What would you put under that silver and black tree? 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. Keyword R&R. Another question I want to throw out there, because organically these things happen. How big do you feel the loss of Jonathan Abram is? He's out for the season. Feel free to answer that as well. Let's talk to our guy, Aaron, right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Aaron? Big Q. What's up, my man? Chilling, man. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. I just got back in town. I was out of town sitting there listening to the show. Nice. Uh, let me preface my call by saying you are, I've already talked to you a few times. You know, I live in Vegas, but I'm from Southern California. You know, I was, I'm was i 47. I was 13 years old the last time the Raiders won the, the, the championship. Uh, but anyway, as far as what I would give the Raiders for uh, Christmas, I probably would get them like some prayer beads or a prayer rug. Nice, you know, nice. Because even though... <laughs> Even though we got that win, if they continue to play like that, we're not going nowhere. True that. You know, I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. That's real. No, know? that's real. Yep. You know, if we continue to play, we couldn't beat them. They had 18 players out, and we had to struggle to beat them. We're not going nowhere. You know, I'm, I'm happy they, they ran away with the win. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm still here though. Raider Nation, stand up, baby. I'll be at the game Sunday. I'll be at the bottom of the, uh, the torch All on right. Sunday. All right, we'll be there at 10 a.m. Come see us. I'll be there. Raider Nation, baby. There he goes. Aaron right here in Vegas. Appreciate hearing from you, my man. Glad you made it back from uh, out of town. And uh, he said some prayer beads. You know, he'd give him a Jesus piece. You know, or have a, 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 a war room in his closet. You know what I mean? Everyone needs a prayer wall. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, that, hey, I ain't mad at him. Again, it's your gift. It's your gift that you give out. I'm not mad at that at all. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch, in New Jersey. What's on your mind, Mitch? Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year there, Q. Thank you. And of you too. Course- Happy birthday, Mrs. Q. He's got, no, he's got no excuse to not get you what you want. Which oh, I know. Two-hour show. <laughs> I wish I could get my route done in two hours. Jeez. People have no sense of humor if I miss some of their packages, you know, 20% of the time. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't have a job I if know. I did that. I know. Believe me, I know. Look, we for every 100 packages that I would take out of my truck, I was allowed to bring one back and still got a passing day. <laughs> You know, with technology, makes some things easier. It's dark here. It's 43. I know it would, it would kill you here, Q. Here we are. <laughs> You're blessed. I am. It's okay. As long as there's no snow. Hey, I for, for Santa, Christmas, uh, Festivus, Hanukkah, I like to see your Raiders have uh, a good running game. I wish, uh, mm. I don't know if it's the youth, the founder of youth, for our boy uh, Josh Jacobs and the Drake. Who can now like the Drake? But that's a song for um that's a sign for a line. Gotcha. Hey, uh, I get it. Enjoy the game. I hope we win this week. I, I think it's just them. has got two good running backs, mm-hmm. but n- not much else. The right. defense is pretty good. Yeah. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate the call, my man. And, hey, I think that's a great gift, a run game. I think Josh Jacobs is like, hell yes. He's like, I agree with you, Mitch. And it's not because he can't run. It's just he needs some uh, some holes. You know, he, he's uh, – and you know what? I like the burst that I saw from him on, on Monday against Cleveland. I like what I saw from Peyton Barber. On, on Monday against Cleveland. And you heard what, what Zach said. 
run the rock, run the rock, run the rock, because the Denver Broncos, their defense, as good as it is, that's their Achilles heel. So at some point, man, you've got to look at what your opponent does. And I'm not saying anything. This ain't rocket science. These coaches know this. They're looking at this and saying, what is their weakness? How can we exploit it? That's what they've got to do. They've got to find a way to run that rock because, well, Denver's not that great at stopping it. Got a, a text here from Glenn in San Jose on the Salmon Ass text line at 69187. Hey, Q and Demon, I of the Raiders, John Madden for the pregame speech so he can remind them to play like hell when you're told to. I like that. I like that little pregame rah-rah speech from John Madden, who, by the way, on Christmas, if you don't know, on Fox, uh, it's going to be a 90-minute documentary called All Madden. Something I'm definitely looking forward to. That's going to be, man, that's going to be one of my keys to Christmas. So excited about that. Cannot wait to watch that. There's two football games on and All Madden in between that. Cannot go wrong. Mailman Raider, shout out to Mailman Raider, said, I'd give the Raiders a blank ton of best masks on the market. We can't afford to lose anyone to COVID. In another world, some kind of healing potion. We all we need all hands on deck. And you know what? We laugh, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You know, I've been reaching out to multiple people to see who's going to be at the game, trying to line up some guests for the pregame pregame show. And I'm hearing multiple people say, yeah, I want to go, but, you know, like my dad's in town or my family's in town and I don't want to go to the game and just in case and you never know. And I mean, it's real. That's real. I mean, there's 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 many issues that are out there. And the Raiders are one of the fortunate teams that haven't been hit like a ton of bricks with this COVID-19 issue. Kansas City's getting hit right now. I mean, there's so many teams yeah, that are getting Omicron ain't playing. Right, right. And the good thing is apparently it's not as I guess hurtful. It's not as bad, mm-hmm. you know, as as the other variants, but it's just easier to catch. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things. And and the thing about it is with Brandon Faison, he goes out today, and I mentioned this to JT as he's walking out the door, and I don't know this for a matter of fact, but with the way that the NFL and the NFLPA just said that they're changing their protocols, I'm assuming that maybe he has symptoms or else he wouldn't have got tested because, remember, they're not testing guys that don't have any kind of symptoms. And then it's like where we're like, are players going to self-report? Because right. we see even on the field, players aren't self-reporting. Right. People want to get I mean, they, you know, they have to have the eye in the sky say, nope, that guy looks a little woozy. He's walking yeah. a little funny. Go get him out. Th- I mean, you know what I mean? Like, So is it just like if somebody sneezes, somebody's like, ah, man, I don't feel too good. Like, oh, nope, nope. Right. <laughs> like, nah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough, tough call. It's a tough call. It really is. These, these teams have a lot of tough work to try to do to try to monitor it and figure it out who's going through it, who's not going through it. Because, uh, again, like you said, I mean, and I, I use myself as a perfect example. I mean, back in the day, I would just go to work. Uh, okay, my nose is running a little bit fine. I'm fine. No big deal. That's, that doesn't fly. You can't be that guy. And, you know, football players are, are the tough guys. You know, they're, they're big, tough, invincible. No one ever thinks that, you know, anything's wrong with them. And, and that's their mindset of, hey, I can go out there and play injured. I can go banged up. I can go and I can tough this out. That's just their mentality. So it's got to be tough for guys. Like we're just saying the tough. And then like, right. so you tell me I can't play because I got a little cough. Right. Exactly. That's that's something that's going to be uh, tough to figure out. But that's what these teams are, are having to do. And this is not what we have to do. Two fifty seven is the time when we come back. We'll get some more calls. Matter of fact, let me do this real quick. Um, you don't want me to do it. Demons- I don't know what you're about to do. I'm you looking- told- Why are you shaking me off? Then if you don't- I'm wide. <laughs> 
Live on the radio. I just don't know why you're shaking me off if you don't know what I'm about to do. Uh, you, you scared me. Okay. All I want to do is get caller number nine right now. I want to get you in to win Clay Baker's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Hookup. Uh, we're going to try to get you hooked up. Well, we are going to get you hooked up with a, a, a Porta Subs, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs. But then we're going to get you in to win the grand prize, which is the charcoal grill, the pop-up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, and a Bluetooth speaker. Right now, caller number nine. We're going to get your information, get you in to win 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.